Hey everyone, it's your host of See Jurassic Right, Stephen Ray Morris here, just dropping in to say, I hope you've been enjoying all the new episodes in 2023 and 2024 so far. There are new interviews with filmmakers, musicians, scientists, the screenwriter of Land Before Time, audio essays about the rich history of the Jurassic Park and Jurassic World franchise, and all the news about the upcoming animated show Jurassic World Chaos Theory and the as-of-yet untitled Jurassic World sequel coming next summer. I really need your help supporting the show right now, and you can do that by leaving a tip and or giving a monthly follow on Patreon, patreon.com slash There are $1 and $5 tiers, but more is coming. Sharing the show, giving five-star reviews in Apple Podcasts, and liking and commenting on social, at Stephen Ray Morris on Instagram and Twitter, goes a long way to help boosting the show's visibility again online in this new era. I'm an independent podcaster and your support is so important and means the world to me in keeping this podcast running. Link to the Patreon is in the show notes. Hold on to your butts. Thank you. And now on to the show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. One, two, three, four. Filled with awe and fright, see Jurassic right, live in ember light, see Jurassic right, see Jurassic right, 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 see I'm very excited to introduce my guest today because I haven't seen her in such a long time and that has hurt in my heart, but I feel like it's been healed seeing her again because last year we did the top five most violent deaths in Jurassic Park. 2019, we covered the scariest Jurassic Park moments. We also covered Carnosaur <laughs> 2 and Prehysteria. In 2018, we watched Fallen Kingdom together. And in 2017, we talked about dinosaurs and dinosaur toys. So you've been here for every year of the podcast. Aww. I mean, it's always Halloween, the feminist horror comedy collective, Too Much Productions, filmmaker, creator, and Renaissance Babe, I wrote. Ooh, I like that. Thank you so much. It's Luce Tomlin Brenner. Thank you so much for having me, Stephen Ray Morris. <laughs> I am obsessed with this podcast. It feels like it is not Halloween without recording an episode together. I know. I'm glad that we made, we made this a tradition now. Yes, me too. And I'm so happy we got to do it last year, even though we couldn't do it in person. But yeah. It feels so good to be in the flesh together well, yeah. again. <laughs> in the flesh. <laughs> it's very different this week or this year than it was last the last couple of years. Oh my gosh. Yes. But, um, and well, also, I mean, your space is just like, if you love movies, you can just like smell 
all the VHS tapes. Yeah, <laughs> there's VHS stacked up in every corner. There's little pumpkins and skeletons and bats everywhere. I like to think of myself as like sort of like an oddity shop <laughs> that must have that might have existed in some dusty corner of your hometown that you didn't know about and maybe was cursed. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> well, I also wanted to say too that you know as much as we've done, I feel like you know I see <laughs> I see the knife. You know, there's lots of horror action going on, but we're I'm excited that we're talking about other type of flesh today. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think because it's yeah. honestly like because so what we're doing is we're just basically talking about five hot babes in dinosaur movies. Like, yes. Obviously, like, you know, both of us are film people. So we want to like read reviews. I like I Googled Joan Didion Jurassic Park. Like, you know, like I just was like <laughs> Joan Didion cave girl. I was like, wait, what am I doing? Like, it's. <laughs> I mean, this is a thing we both share an appreciation for. But I also feel like you have a, like a deep expertise of like camp and like, you know, classic monster movies. So I feel like that stuff is I'm, I'm a little bit unqualified for that as much. I feel like you know how to have fun in this world where like I think a lot of people over intellectualize. I literally Googled Pauline K. Jurassic Park, ah. which <laughs> talk about intellectual. I know, wow, but it's like this hike. is so silly. It's <laughs> but I do appreciate this because there was an interview with Jeff Goldblum where Kale also described him as a Wagnerian super lover. Um, wow. This was his last interview in the day of press calls. Was there a subject? This person was asking Paul and Kale. Was there a subject he was sick of? I'd be interested in any question that interests you. The super lover said, flicking up his eyelids. I'm interested in you. <laughs> Oh my god. I was god. like, way to kick off this like squirm, pervy episode. Squirm, squirm. It's interesting and we'll, we'll get to Jurassic Park at some point but I wanted to ask you it feels like horror and like babes and like all that stuff has been kind of in the mix since the beginning like yeah totally like yeah, Dracula it, is like a very sexy story right and like oh yeah, every iteration of Dracula has or a, a vampire story is when you think about Carmela which is like the first lesbian vampire text from the 1800s and it's just all vampire text is just like heaving bosoms <laughs> and biting flesh and like I think horror is extremely sexy I love er- erotica I love like sexploitation films from the 70s um, I worked at video stores since I was 18 so almost 20 years now I've worked at video stores and every video store has a porn section and an erotica section and like I'm very comfortable around like like sex, sexy films, sex on film, depending on, you know, whether it's softcore or hardcore. And I've just always found even like, you know, exploitation films like very fun and titillating. And I love there's so much interesting. If you want to be intellectual about it, of course, there's so much interesting critique that goes into the ways that women's bodies are like exposed and hacked apart in horror movies. But I do also as, uh, you know, like a fluid sexual pan bisexual person, I'm very much like I don't I think we when you're thinking about like being queer the like male gaze that it's talked about in a lot of films sort of dissipates because it's like well I also like looking at women's bodies well yeah and I think in a way like getting to this point where even it's something that like I would like to enjoy talking about it's almost like every you it's like you have to get through all these barriers of mm-hmm. like you know these layers of oh but I don't want to do this but I also want to enjoy that but how can I enjoy that without doing this and you know that back yes. and forth kind of situation those hoops you kind of have to jump through and I feel like you definitely have like navigated that in a way that like for me like I enjoy talking to you with about it I feel very like comfortable talking with you about it if that makes sense oh good yeah Yeah, yeah. well it took like I did study women's studies and film in college and like it took a lot of like like the first round was like oh my god objectification and like the second layer and the male gaze you know and then being upset about it and the second layer is like being a little more nuanced and like understanding um, how you can also like sex can be uh, positive and empowering and there's way 
that you can just enjoy film and be turned on by film. And you can also be like, oh, this isn't great. Like that many things exist, that dualities exist. And that like, if you are a person who is like well aware and not being a creep in society, like it's okay to be turned on by an exploitation (laughs) film that's like been made for 50 years, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's a difference between being a creep and being perverted. Yes, exactly. Anytime somebody calls somebody who's like um, like a Horny. sex pest, yeah. they call them a pervert. I'm always like, <laughs> excuse me, yeah, let's yeah. not sully the good name of pervert yeah, yeah. as a gold star pervert. <laughs> I think it's something to be proud of. I don't want to be in lean connected to all these like gross rapists. It's very different. And that's something that we're still really struggling with. And yeah. I think when we're watching films, it's like, who has the power? How is the power being wielded? Um, there's like a lot to consider. And you can definitely over intellectualize things and like make it unfun and then you can <laughs> <laughs> that's what I mean I was like yeah. it's funny because I feel like the conversation was just born from fun and then like before we were recording I'm like wait how do I intellect it's like wait whatever it's okay yeah exactly because I think you can uh, this is not a, a sexy movie um, and it's a movie fraught with like a lot of discourse rightfully so but like a movie like Rosemary's Baby which is one of my all time favorite horror films is something that I have had so many <laughs> I have gone back and forth with so many times since I watched it as a teenager because it's, you know, Roman Polanski is a rapist and like it, I, he's an inc- he's also an incredible filmmaker. Yeah. And it's like this constant like, and then everybody else is also involved. It was written by a, Ira Levin, a Jewish man who's a very good person who doesn't have any like crimes weighing on him, you know, isn't an abuser. And Mia Farrow and then sh- her connection with Woody Allen. There's like all this interesting <laughs> stuff in Rosemary's Baby that you can talk about and figure out and, and pick apart and be like, two things are true. This is a movie about the ways that which women's bodies are not in their control. And this is like an important critique. And then also is made made by a man who who has taken control from from women. Yeah. There's like layers, but I don't think that should take away from anyone's enjoyment. Of course, I would never begrudge anybody to watching a movie if they feel uncomfortable, but I just think it's not as easy as being like, this is sexist because very few things are like just sex. People can be sexist, but like art is like multi-layered, you know? And so like, when we're talking about movies that are like exploitation films, like we honestly don't know how a lot of these were filmed, you know? (laughs) And it's like, there could have been major problems on the set. I think we can easily say that a lot of films were made in a very sexist way yeah. <laughs> until like I don't know now yeah, yeah. it's still happening like work is an exploitative place exploitation happens under labor happens under capitalism so you know what I mean it's like if you just keep digging so why not also enjoy bouncing breasts for well, like yeah. a little bit well <laughs> like, yeah it's that type of thing where it's almost like I mean and you know this is the unfun part of the conversation at least in my head of like we'll it, get it out of the way yeah, yeah. Top, we're gonna talk about and then we're gonna later. talk about okay. yeah scantily and, and maybe clad. some dongs no we're definitely gonna talk about some dongs later but like um <laughs> Um, but no, but the point is that it's like a lot of times people are just making or just stamping their feet on things because they're not willing to actually sit with how they feel. Yes. Because a lot of times it's like, to me, it's almost like, well, if you feel uncomfortable watching this, then you probably shouldn't be watching it if it mm-hmm. makes you... If like but you, also art is uncomfortable and it's yeah. supposed to provoke a reaction. And yeah. I am I love being overstimulated with art. And I love, like, it's why one of the reasons I love horror and I, I love... Uh, like sex in film is like I like feeling a lot at once and being like I feel insane right now the music the images the colors you know and like I think that like yeah of course everybody has their triggers that they have to be like an adult about and know what they shouldn't interact with but at the same time I don't want to live in a dumbified babified world babyfied well you want to trust you want (laughs) to have a babyfied world but yeah it's my thing like I'm I always want to trust like a person knows what's best for themselves yes in that sense 
sense. Definitely, Hopefully. but I also want to challenge people to like True. engage with salacious art and like f- and films that are challenging because we what's being fed to us through streaming right now is not challenging on any level. Even the even the the Squid Games of Netflix, it might be gross and it might like be upsetting to watch, but it's not intellectually challenging at all. Yeah. It's very it's a it's a it's a base critique that is no more complicated than young adult fiction you are you can work do the work here and enjoy here and Mm -hmm. like also but that and that also is a conversation as well yes exactly and that and you can enjoy simple art too i mean i'm not somebody who's saying like it all it all has to be underground art i have shelves of total mainstream trash (laughs) like i i wanted to be clear i'm not i'm a snob but i'm not that much of a snob like i i love Cable Guy is one of my favorite movies. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, and we're going to watch Congo at some point yes. together. But it's one of those things where it's like, I've always, at this point in my journey, and I think it's like a lot of people's journey of like where you're, sometimes you just get tired and you're like, I just want to know why somebody likes something, why they think it's good is more interesting to me than whatever big statement, you know? Yes. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think that, and we live in like a bear, a time right now that's really obsessed with purification and I mean, very puritanical and the percentage of sex in film now is extremely low and yeah. it's like that make, that, the that lowest sense. that it's ever been. I think, oh. I think it's Kate Hagen, uh, who's a member of the blacklist uh, on Twitter. She did like a whole research thing about it. Oh, amazing. So I'll check see if I can find Kate that and put, it, Hagen. In the, and put yeah, it in the notes. I know. And um, Annie Rose Malamet from Girls, Guts and Giallo, which is an incredible salacious, subversive film podcast that I really recommend Ooh. if people are interested in this. And she's all about preserving queer films and sex films that are like really hard to find and she talks a lot about it also but like yes like talking about babes is fun and sexy and I think (laughs) babes are a big part of Halloween it's a very sexy holiday it's a very queer holiday Um, but yeah I think it's also just like this is a a very important thing to me that we don't just let sexy films disappear because every because we have like this puritanical you know religious uh, conservative right that's trying to like tamp everything down you know yeah we could go on forever I know we could I'm Sorry, I no, went no, on no. a whole but, thing. This gets me riled. No, it gets no, me I'm as riled good, feeling... as prehistoric titties. I mean, that's the thing. It's like this conversation is being had out there. And like to me, like it's like I want to have more. You know, mm-hmm. I want this to be co- because, again, it's I mean, one of the f- first things I did in the first like year of the pod was my friend Blanche, who uh, runs or like she's the creator and you know founder of Jurassic Peak was the Jurassic Burlesque show. Yes. Oh, and, my God. So cool. And, you know, the uh, like that was kind of like an eye-opening thing too of like like this cool art form doing like a version of a thing that I love and I'm obsessed with. So like that, it's like all that kind of stuff where like, it's like, okay, cool. Like I want to enjoy this, but it's like, you know, I'm a dork. So like, I want to also like <laughs> learn more about it and yeah. everything like that. And what were kind of some of your horror and like those kind of staples for you? Like what were those? Was it Halloween? Was that the one that was like the most transformative for you? Or was Mm, it kind of, I love, I love Halloween. I actually never find it very, it's, I find it still so very scary. I love Linda in Halloween, which is um, PJ Souls, who I'm going to meet this weekend at a signing oh at gosh. Sugar Mint Gallery. I'm so excited. Sorry, this is off topic. But I love PJ Souls scene where she's like topless and she thinks she's talking to her boyfriend, but it's like Michael Myers under a ghost sheet. And she's like, you like what you see? And she's like so playful. And then it's like, oh, no. And I really there's this like continuing thing that happens in all the Halloween movies where girls miss 
mistake Michael for their boyfriend? Mm. They were they like, where either their boyfriend had a Michael mask at some point, or they just feel the hands on their shoulders. Ugh. And this like, the fatal mistake of being like, the big strong man was great when I thought it was my boyfriend, but actually he's a monster and he's going to kill me. <laughs> so there's, there's some like really interesting feminist layers in there for me. But I actually find classic horror movies to be the sexiest. Really? Like, I'm like, like Universal Monster style yes, stuff? Yes. Yeah. And like women shrieking and having it be less like overtly sexy. I really love House on Haunted Hill with Vincent Price. Have you seen that? No, I haven't seen the Vincent Price. It's on Shutter right now. It was a part of Elvira's 40th um, Halloween special that was on a couple weeks ago. I highly recommend it. It's my favorite Vincent Price film. The house that they use is the Ennis House, the Frank Lloyd Wright house that's up on a hill um, on Los Feliz Boulevard. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been there a bunch. Yeah. And um, I was very excited when I moved to LA and I lived nearby it. And I was like, I live at the base of the house on Haunted Hill. And it's like the whole the whole movie is like him and his wife having this like snippy little eccentric conversation where they're gonna they both want to kill each other but they're both talk they're like very educated and like quippy and witty and like they're dressed beautifully and it was like they were flirting with each other but also threatening each other and I know this sounds like a red flag I don't I'm not like this in my real relationships but there's something about like the classiness of like the that the way people would always dress up and their wired barbs, you know, like I just loved, <laughs> I love their cattiness. And then it's all women in flowing dresses and holding candelabras and like, <laughs> it's um, a vibe, as the kids say, yeah, like it's just <laughs> such like a, it's so moody. And like, I just, I don't know. It just really gets me going yeah, where yeah. I'm just like, God, all I want is for someone to invite me to spend the night in a haunted house and then like have sex with me all night <laughs> as ghouls are circling yeah, us. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. It's, it's deep no, in there. Well, no, it's funny because I feel like, <laughs> Like to me, and again, like making this list, it's going to be all over the place, but it's like, it's because it's almost like two different worlds. Whereas I feel like the sort of as, you know, as things have become more puritanical, I feel like a lot of the sci-fi I grew up with was very like uh, masculine in that sense, mm-hmm. in a way where it's like, you think about Ripley, it's like she's in panties in a, sh- in a, and like a white the, shirt, but it's yeah. like, there's nothing sexy about it. Yeah. So it's almost like she's they were almost, strong. it was, but it was almost like they were ashamed of that in mm-hmm. a weird way. I don't, well, you know, yeah, women could either be, it's like there was no duet. It was like you're either strong like a man, yeah, or you were like very feminine and weak, yeah, and that I think is like problematic and exhausting. And like Ripley really was like a feminist icon of film, but I think the thing that was difficult for me growing up was being like, so to be a, like to be a feminist, you have to be like you have to be very strong in a way that like pushes down any of your feminine qualities. And it, I think like elder millennials like us sort of grew up with that kind of like eschewing anything feminine because it's like weak and stupid. Yeah, yeah. And like, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, even to like, I was just gonna say, she's a great cat lady, though. Like, really revolutionized oh, cat ladies on film. Absolutely. We don't appreciate Ripley enough for that. And but, she's an incredible bad. Like, I, I love Ripley. I'm very but, inspired by her. But I mean, we'll we'll talk about this more with my number one choice but it is mm-hmm. that thing of like not only are we navigating our own feelings about this stuff but we're also dealing with people like you're literally seeing it being navigated in the things you're watching you know yes like yeah the, i yeah i, I want to save that for the for the end because i feel like that is very tied to my number one choice but i wanted to know uh what your first choice is or countdown okay we're counting down okay yes yeah. so i wanted to clear up so the countdown I love all of these women. So, I mean, you are can we go like in any order. Sexiest at number one, or what are we deciding? <sighs> I th- all I th- these th- women are very sexy. Yeah, I mean, in my head, I just like of my own sort of personal importance or like meaningfulness to me, if that okay. makes sense. Well, I have a theme because I had a really hard time. I decided to pick all like 
sort of exploitation films of like the 70s. So I'm going to start off with one that I actually have only seen one time, but I just really, I think this woman is incredible. Um, Dana Gillespie from The People That Time Forgot. Ooh, so in one way to preface this, our whole conversation is I got to be on screen drafts. Yes. And so in a weird... And now you're taking over the no. style of their show. No, no, like, yeah, we're going to argue it, hash is- it out. <laughs> no, but it, it was like, in a way, doing that podcast with Andrew Roebuck, who is also editing SJR and does Triassic Park, very great pod, mm-hmm. you know, and is in that world, I think, that a lot of your choices are in. He, uh, People of the Time Forgot was one of his choices. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, amazing. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's just like that idea of... Uh, navigating like what a dinosaur movie is was like very helpful for me yes so yeah like in a way like i feel like i'm i want to now re-watch all those old movies because i think before for me it was like well they're not hitting the storytelling stuff that i want and like we have better cgi or whatever but yeah like it's uh what what about those old movies that do you like I really like that I feel like people were making an effort that they're the fact that they didn't have CGI, they didn't have a ton of money, things were really DIY. Like that was such a great time for people just being like, I want to make a film. Yeah, yeah. And then they did and it was like, <laughs> I have a hundred thousand dollars. And like and these big ideas, like really creative ideas. Like exploitation in general, I mean, and it covers so many, so many genres, right? Yeah. Um, but like so so many creative ideas and even the ones that were like, oh, and it's a spinoff from this and it's a spinoff from this. And like, there's a whole genre of prehistoric films just because like 1 million BC was popular, you know, but I, I look at these and I see, yes, exactly. Okay, I, was just, I had to look, I mean, come on, we're talking about these oh, things. Yes, we got to look at pictures. Um, I have, I have it pulled up too. I just love that big ideas, you know, and like, oh, we're going to build dinosaurs. And so many of these <laughs> dinosaurs and creatures were um, not even animatronic, but like claymation. And you can really see the art industry and I don't know I think that they're they're I know you know people watch them and they're like oh so bad it's good and I'm like I wouldn't even necessarily say they're all so good but they're really fun well yeah and I think it's to me and why like it's it's interesting that the sort of cave girl thing goes along with this is because Mm -hmm. like Truly, the two most beautiful things in the world are women and dinosaurs. Yes, you know exactly. I, mean? just, I so think that's like, how we landed on this. Yes. Well, and it's one of those things where, like, for again, because for me, sometimes like the the storytelling tropes are so simple or so like boring, frankly, to me. Totally. That it's like I almost like I want to watch because I actually recently saw one of my other choices. I saw like with a really beautiful restoration, and I was like, mm. oh wow, I should be watching it this way. Yes, all of these films should be watched on Blu-ray because they, they look. Gorgeous. Yeah, it's like you're appreciating the artistry. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And here, this is my favorite picture. She is like wearing a little uh, cave girl outfit and she has this like gold skull that's like bedazzled. And she's got curls. So she's got like a beautiful curly mane. And I feel like it's her hair supposed to look wild. She's like a cave woman, you know, and it's like it's so interesting because it's just like her tits are out the whole time. And you're like, if you're they're fighting off, you know, creatures and cave people. And let's like it's so impractical but she really is like fighting the whole time and I I really like the sort of twist on a practical outfit and like yes of course that's what's great about Ripley and you know lots of people who identify as women don't want to have their tits or their bits hanging out and (laughs) absolutely fine but I like seeing women who are all sexed up and also fighting creatures and being like yeah I'm wearing a scrap of clothing and I'm doing a cartwheel (laughs) like I love that it's weird because sometimes I'll hear like I'll like listen to something like the dollop and it's like 
like they'll like put a little reminder of like oh yeah like all these men when they were trapped on this island were all naked yes and like we're imagining them like in sailor outfits like no all these dudes were scrapping it out or <laughs> yeah. you know men or women like scrapping it out like nobody was wearing clothes yes yeah exactly and like in this group you know the people at time forgot they find themselves in a world populated by primitive warriors and terrifying prehistoric creatures and, and yeah and for the listeners it's that movie, they travel back in time, correct? Yeah, I think so. Let's see, it's a sequel to The Land That Time Forgot. Oh, I was thinking about The Land You're That Time Forgot. Of, I saw yeah, that Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now there's this whole area. And I love this, too, because people are still exploring. And there's this sense of like, oh, there's mysteries out there that we still don't know about. And I don't feel like we see a lot of that in film as much anymore, sometimes in space and sometimes underwater, which are definitely mysterious and scary. But (laughs) way less chances to be sexy in a scuba suit. That's true. That's absolutely true. But I love this idea. That's where mermaids come in, really. Exactly. The (laughs) the sea creatures become sexy. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, look at that octopus. It's got eight tits. <laughs> One on each tentacle. <laughs> um, no, I love that choice. I like that. Again, Thank like, you. again, I think for me, making this list and like doing the research was like truly just being like, oh, wow, look at how good the movies are when they're restored mm-hmm. because you're like actually seeing how it was back in the day. Yes. And I think that kind of the beauty of it is taking your breath. Like it truly takes your breath away to see it. Yes. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And this one has really fun creatures in it also. And then for me, like what I love about horror, I love horror with monsters in it more than I don't like focus as much as like on violent or like disturbing, like new French extremity stuff. Like I don't really like that kind of stuff at all. I really like creatures. Well, yeah, we still want to have fun. Supernatural things. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I really love about dinosaur movies in general is just like creature design and how are they going to make it look and it just makes the world feel so much more exciting that like oh what if there's a place on earth that's like still populated by like prehistoric creatures yeah yeah well and this will bring me to my fifth choice yeah and it's the dumbest thing ever but i'm very happy to present it because my number five is the woman in the red dress on the carnosaur 2 vhs (laughs) and dvd yes oh my god the one that doesn't exist so yeah so this um, is such a fun pick and and yeah so for (laughs) listeners if you haven't listened to our carnosaur 2 episode if you look on all the art for carnosaur 2 the t-rex has and this was the sequel to Carnosaur. Originally, Carnosaur was like made because Roger Corman heard that they were making Jurassic Park. So he basically raced to finish that movie in 1993 before Jurassic Park. Right. Starring Laura Dern's mom, Diane Ladd. And we watched <laughs> the sequel. And it's speaking of aliens, it's basically just an aliens clone. Yeah. But <laughs> on the cover for this movie, like on the VHS and the... <laughs> the dvd and it's not even on the front of the box it's literally on the back it's a it's a t it's the carnosaur telling you that this is a scene that's in the movie yeah it's literally like looking and it's like we were waiting for this scene yeah we were were both because we had never seen it (laughs) yeah and so you see this beautiful woman in a red dress like late 80s early 90s like peak like that's my version of like mommy like you know like, like as far as like Oh, I just love that era of like the way people dress and stuff. But yeah, the moment never happens in the movie. But it is like to me, like almost like a throwback. Every dinosaur thing is always like referring back to itself. You yes. know, Roger Corman's referring to Ray Harryhausen, Spielberg's referring, you know, to Corman. Or like, so to me, it's like, I love this idea almost of like Roger Corman, yeah, just slap a babe on the box. Like it'll get them into the seats. Like this was, I think this was direct to D, you know, direct to TV at the time. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So it's like you were just trying to get people to rent movies. Yeah. But how did they even shoot that? Like they just, 
did they like, must have had well so it's so funny because I was like really hoping I could find out who this person was by the time we recorded this and I can't I like tried so hard oh I, I like it's that might be its own podcast like a serial deep dive into finding out who played this yeah. person because I was like it's so interesting like because there is no like reports of like oh there was a cut plot point from the movie because right. it, it even, doesn't even make sense well yeah because movie. it's like military base exactly. they're in like a refinery like she's wearing like a gorgeous red salsa dance yeah yeah a salsa dress yeah yeah <laughs> so like it's it's one of those things where it's like so intriguing as well too we should figure out who distributed the tape and then email those people yeah yeah I, well, it's so funny I want to buy the because there's like a all me or like a stock photo I'm like I kind of want to buy the photo because maybe it'll show like who oh like more details okay, about it yes all right so I'll do a follow-up figure we'll, out yeah, yeah, we'll we should do, do like a bonus yeah yeah that'll be a <laughs> so. that'll be a bonus follow-up but that's my number five choice because oh my God. because I think it still has the elements of like babe creature you know dinosaur obviously is specifically for this episode and like then there's just that kind of mysteriousness that allure that kind of you know that's the thing like going back to some of these old dinosaur movies it's like oh yeah a lot of these movies had no dialogue like it's just cave girls you know yeah grunting and, shrieking yeah yeah <laughs> um what's your number four okay i'm really excited about my number four this is a movie that i saw the box of when i was a kid at the video store and i was like oh my <laughs> like you know when you're a kid and you're like oh this feels icky but it's like but also it's like exciting but you don't know what that feeling is yet yeah. and i was like i shouldn't be looking at this this is bad it's called when dinosaurs ruled the earth and it's from 1970 and the babe the actress's name is victoria vitra and uh, this is the cover. And I think this was the sequel to another. Was it or was it a remake? I mm, love. Might be a remake. This is the only <laughs> one that I know about. It's so yeah, it's hard to tell because all them all the movies have such like interchangeable titles. Too. Yeah, well, a lot of the dinosaur ones made in the the prehistoric ones made in the seventies were like remakes from forties films. Oh yeah, too. yeah. And I yeah, I love this cover again. You got like Babe front and center. It's it's funny too because for a lot of these posters, it's Babe first, then dinosaur dinosaurs. in the background. But it's kind of like ooh, okay, okay, like okay, like it's like fighting for my attention in a way. But at the same time, like I mean, again, we're gonna post this, but it's just like you know, and I think that's like been the war over like people trying to clothe people or unclothe people and it's sort of like this is like the bare minimum truly. yes truly like it's, it's, she has like a tiny little loincloth and then in the in the movie she has a little more but like on the cover the only thing covering her nipples is like a shark tooth or dinosaur tooth necklace yeah and she has and she has a knife right in her little loincloth too which to me Mm, that takes it over the edge. No, I, love, I know. I love, I love a love woman it. with a sharp object. I do too. And it also feels like there's, you know, if you want to get uh, critical analysis about it, it's like, yes, her body is bare, but then she also has like this phallus object, right? Ooh. So that she can, she won't be penetrated. She's going to penetrate you. Oh, okay. So like, I think there's like some interesting things in it. And then in the very background, there's also like, there's men chasing women and women chasing men. And then like women running naked from dinosaurs. Oh, wow. I didn't even, this is, yeah, it's it's like a perverted cover. I love. I mean, in, is there moments like this in the movie where like it's not that? No, it's not that much. But like, here's yeah, I haven't I haven't seen this. this here's one. like a picture of her. She's wearing like it's almost like she wears a bikini throughout. Like all the women are in like these little bikinis. I mean, look, it's you know uh, millions of years she ago, gets, the Earth was hotter then. Like yeah, <laughs> she like runs through the water a lot. <laughs> but I mean, she's just like a blonde bombshell from 1970. Oh yeah, she has like the tooth 
teeth, uh, like bikini, all strung up out of teeth. But I love that she's like, I'm going to kill dinosaurs and I have all their teeth that I've collected, but I'm also a babe. Like that's my that's my current feminism is like <laughs> I'm extremely hot. And I'm lethal. Yeah, yeah. I don't have to sacrifice one or the other. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I'm incredibly, like, high femme, and I will rip your guts out. That's Ugh. what I think is super sexy. <laughs> Stab me, mommy. That's all, I, that's all I'm thinking right now. Oh, let me just tell you the, the description, too, from Letterboxd, because it's going to describe it better than I do, and I think you'll really appreciate this. An ancient tribe attempts to sacrifice Sana as an offering to the sun god to save their tribe from dinosaurs. Tara, a young man from another tribe, saves Sana and takes her along with him but like she's also a kind of a badass in it um but i love the idea that like we have to sacrifice this this person so that dinosaurs don't come and get us yeah that's kind of cool i like that as a concept like right like as if like dinosaurs are paying attention yeah thank you well but in a way it's interesting because it feels like a lot of dinosaur movies from that era were also just doing king yes so that feels very king kong to me the idea of like the sacrifice and i do think a lot of these cave these prehistoric ones are very related to king kong Um, Which, I mean, look, I, you know, I love King Kong, but you know me, I'm a, I like a, I like a, liz, a, a scaly, a feathery creature. Yeah. I'm like yeah. much more in that world. I've, I've never been a big ape, you know. No, apes don't do a lot for me. Yeah. Yeah. As much as we much like as I Congo. Love Congo, but yeah. like, yeah, to me just recently, like, watching a little bit of but learning that the 76 king kong didn't have dinosaurs in it kind of blew my mind yeah i, was like, I know Wait, really like that's the best part of the original yeah. king kong and it's like really violent which is really crazy well, the yeah. way they, like rip the dinosaur's mouth so oh my god it's yeah so yeah. scary well yeah and, and like in that king kong starring jessica lang who's mm. very hot um mm-hmm, definitely but uh that like king kong just fights a snake like <laughs> like i, I like I don't I, remember that i'm that's curious so to rewatch funny. it now yeah. Yeah, I'm curious to watch years. it. Well, yeah, I've only seen parts of it, but like, I'm curious to watch it for the first time because I'm like, what, what? Because so much of that first part of the movie is like kind of the flora and fauna of of Skull Island. So yeah. to me, I'm like, whoa. Why? Yeah. What is Skull Island if yeah. not also filled with dinosaurs? Because I mean, also part of it too was like King Kong saving Fay Ray from, uh, you know, was saving from you know, from these obstacles. So if yeah, there's exactly. only one snake, and the footage I saw, like the scene I watched, was like she was nowhere to be found. Interesting. I don't remember. I remember yeah. when the, I guess I was calling it a new King Kong movie, but now it's like 15 the years old. The Peter Jackson one. Yikes. Yeah. I saw that one in the theater when it came out and I watched, I had already seen the original King Kong, but I hadn't seen the Jessica Lang one. And so I remember I, with my friends, we did like a little marathon oh, of fun. like Fay Ray and then Jessica Lang. Is that, are, those, are those the only other two? I mean, I've, I think so. I was like, call Andrew on the phone, which King Kong? No, because uh, yeah, right. there's also like, because I think they did eventually make sequels of the 76 one as well too. So Okay. Interesting. Well, this one also has stop motion dinosaurs, which, uh, yeah, I know that you love. And that's what I really like the stop motion dinosaurs. I think they're really cool. See, I feel like now your choice is like, this is like a great playlist to just put on. I love putting movies like this on in the background because the plot doesn't matter, but they're visually extremely stimulating (laughs) and like they're funny. So like you can appreciate it, but like they always have great music and they always like just look cool on. It's also the kind of thing where if you are having people over it's fun to just kind of have muted on in the background as well. 
Yeah, well, yeah. And we're kind of talking about this aspect of like sort of appreciating the high art and beauty of it. Mm -hmm. And so... Oh, this is the other picture I wanted to show you where she like... um, She emerges from an egg. Yes, she's in a giant dinosaur egg. Isn't it so cool? Incredible. Circle of life. Yeah. Pterodactyl to babe. I don't remember this scene very much. Like I don't remember why she's in the egg or what happens, (laughs) but I'm like obsessed with this picture because the dinosaur eggs are are giant. Like two or three people could fit inside of them. And I think she looks so cool like emerging from the egg and i feel like there's again some power there i love exactly yeah some interesting commentary on like rebirth yeah i love that there's her swimming anyways i I know this isn't good for a podcast to just (laughs) look at pictures but (laughs) no i encourage everyone to fall i'll put a disclaimer at the front everyone better Cue up the slideshow before this because we're having we're this is our like yes. ba- this is our babe TED talk. Yeah. Dinosaurs and babes TED talk. Google uh Victoria V Tree when dinosaurs ruled the earth nineteen seventy, and then you'll get all of the hottest pictures. <laughs> I love it. Well, so what's your what's your well, next? Well, yeah, one? so my number four is again this like um you know, this idea from this like kind of visual poetry, if I may call mm-hmm. it actually. Mm-hmm. If I may be so bold. <laughs> but there's this moment in Jurassic Park mm-hmm. on Dennis Nedry's computer. <laughs> Yes, I know what you're talking and about. It's this kind of, again, this idea of this lineage and sort of like, this is where dinosaur movies came from, like embrace it, like embrace it more even maybe, but like just, just this beautiful zebra pinup yes, woman. Yes, I love it. It's, I mean, at one point, I think when Nedry goes into like to set the timer, I mean, mm-hmm. you see a very clear picture of it. So like, obviously this, like Spielberg was like, let's put a close-up on this image on a computer screen. Yeah, definitely. It's this beautiful woman who's wearing, she's blonde. It's, the artist is Al Moore. Mm. And supposedly... It's like a big pinup artist. Yeah, so supposedly this was in a 1947 Esquire. That's about as much information as I got. Again, there's something kind of mysterious about it too, where mm-hmm. it's like, I was like trying to look up articles or some sort of story or like maybe Rick Carter, you know, the production designer had a story about, but like nothing. Like that's why I'm Someone like so Someone made fascinated. a choice and never talked about it again. Yeah, it's a, yeah, this beautiful woman blonde hair wearing a zebra bikini <laughs> zebra on zebra zebra on zebra and the, but, very busy but then she's also got the like tooth ne- yes. uh, bracelet so kind of again sort of calling back a lot of these old movies mm-hmm. and yeah though no, it's just to me it just is such a like a cool thing because you know i mean culturally it's all connected and, and it's that thing you know where like a lot of people in a way to like degrade like or to be like to not take as seriously a lot of these older dinosaur movies it's like Jurassic Park is almost like this like pseudo intellectual weapon to be like you know but it's like no it's all in there the yeah, dna like it uh, couldn't exist without you know. the original um 1 million years bc from yeah. 1940 yeah. which was like definitely like a big kick obviously king kong but then like all of these yeah they there's a line that you can draw between all of them and there wouldn't be a hunger for like Jurassic Park if there already hadn't been like that those fires hadn't been stoked in every decade cinematically. Well and it's also that thing too sometimes where the discourse often gets in the way of like what the actual film is saying or the intentions where it's like yeah Spielberg's putting this in the movie for a reason. He doesn't want you to be like, those old movies are dumb. Like, he's clearly being like, he's irreverent for it. And I think like, in a way that like, made sense for what Jurassic Park was doing. Like, I love the idea of, yeah, like, this is a workplace where like, you can throw a pin up on the wall, you know? Like, I kind of like, think that's kind of cool, you know? Yes, absolutely. But yeah, so to me, when I was just like, again, like thinking about this list, I was just like, I just don't feel like anybody talks about that. I love those small things because when you work in film, like, and, you know, I do 
I'm a DIY filmmaker and you I think about every single thing yes. that I place and like when you're doing DIY you're filling many roles right so I'm doing set deck I'm doing costumes and like I don't put anything in the frame that like doesn't mean something well into that point and because I was like hoping to find more information there's a great making of Jurassic Park book from Jody Duncan Mm. Uh, from like the 90s where she was actually like on set like oh, cool. you know something that I feel like doesn't like nobody appreciates anymore yeah like, they don't make stuff like that yeah, as yeah. much anymore but I mean the one thing I know is that a lot of those graphics on the computer screen were done beforehand so they could be on those monitors when they were filming so like you're saying there's someone a thought about it that yeah. was yeah somebody was like looking at different pinups and was like okay what's the best one okay we're gonna go with the pinup what does it say about this character but also we're thinking like Spielberg's like you know I want to throw in references and homages to classic mon- monster movies classic dinosaur movies so it's like kind of all those swirling things are there in that choice and it's like what I love about film is that it's like so many art forms together yeah Yeah, all working in tandem and yeah again into me the idea like even just thinking about just like realizing that now like that idea of like that wasn't something they threw it they decided in post like that wasn't like you yeah, know, the third production coordinator that was like, just fill the frame with some detail. Like, yeah, no, exactly. they, 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 screened they it. yeah, they had to put this on the screen. So it's on the set. So like now you're like, oh, OK, well, now I can imagine like John Hammond being like, <laughs> you know, like yeah. every time he passes by Nedry's monitor, you know, like Muldoon being kind of like, a, you know, kind of like a stiff Brit. I'd be like, OK, like, <laughs> you know, rolling his eyes. Ah, that old perv Nedry, you know, or whatever. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> like Samuel Jackson kind of like, you know, Ray Arnold being like cool you know like i could like see created a whole dynamic between the workplace yeah it's like now i have like a story in my head Mm -hmm. it's like that to me is like such a cool i don't know i like the more i think about the more i like it you know because it it flushes out the whole world yeah and you're like there's more than just what we're seeing in these two hours you should celebrate yourself every day But some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. What was your, wait, third choice? Third choice. Okay, so um, I'm going with this was hard because there's a modern, a more modern movie I wanted to talk about, but I am desperate to get people interested in these 70s dinosaur films. So my third choice is Caroline Monroe from At the Earth's Core, 1976. I don't know this movie. A beautiful brunette in what I feel like is a total BDSM type costume. I know, like this, because. That's the thing. It's like, and especially nowadays, we're such in the era of movies where like everything has to quote unquote make sense. Yes. And so like, I just, anytime I see, you know, whether it's like cool, like 
armor or whatever, or it's like the coolest scantily clad thing. Like, I want to know what the thought process was. Yes. Yeah. Like, I want to know how horny they were on the I, Do you know what I mean? I, like, like, they were extremely horny as your answer. <laughs> this is a cool movie because, so we were talking about the last one, or, or I guess it was like the first one that I was talking about where you go to Antarctica and it's like, suddenly there's all these people living in Antarctica that weren't, that we didn't know existed. And then this one is about drilling into the center of the earth Hell and yeah. like the creatures that are in there. So it's about a, a huge burrowing machine that tunnels out of control at ferocious speed and cuts clean through the center of the earth to the twilight world of the peculiar. Mm. Isn't that so fun? Once and that's a modern movie. like Yeah, so it's sent in the 70s and then in the center of the earth they find human like half human creatures, lizard like birds, and man eating plants. Ooh. So they there's like pterodactyl and like basically it's interesting because I think this was before science was like birds or dinosaurs, but they are like dinosaur birds. But yeah, I mean that's the thing too. I mean, so many of these movies and this is like a screen drafts thing where it's like if they're if their intention is for it to look like a dinosaur, it's a dinosaur. Like, yeah. So this is like a pterodactyl with a bird ooh. head. Oh, I like that. Yeah, it's super cool. And there's like lava there's like underground volcanoes and there's um waterfalls and it's like a whole other it's again it's like prehistoric world inside of the earth which yeah. is to me so fun i'm really obsessed with the idea of hidden worlds like yeah. i'm very scared like Coraline, i think is a very scary story the idea that like behind a small door lies yeah. like another world and i think about that stuff all the, anytime i see a weird door anywhere or a hole somewhere i'm just my mind just starts going like there's a whole other world in there, you know? <laughs> yeah. So she's like a one of the people that lives at the center of the earth. It's funny because her style, uh, you know, her the clothing she's wearing isn't cave people so much as it is like just like disco cave people. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, not to right? like put a too fine a point of like it's the 70s, but like it kind of looks like I feel like the 60s was more like raggedy. Yes. Whereas like I feel like in the 70s stuff got a little bit more. They they added flair. It's very like Conan the Barbarian, like kind of fantasy. It's like she does have a fantasy look to her. Yeah. How cool are these monsters? Oh, my too? God. These suits. They look like these rhino. They honestly look like um. they're these like Pleistocene era like Ice Age rhinos that have these kind of like double horns like we don't yeah. use those creatures enough in yes, movies and stuff so that's exactly. awesome that's that. what I really like about it too is like these aren't the type of like dinosaur creatures that you see in other movies and there's just like a lot of her with like a giant spear going after them and I just <laughs> think it's so like all of these movies have women wielding because it's like prehistoric times or whatever no one's using like guns or bazookas or anything yeah. and it's all women with like um, giant spears and knives and like uh, I don't know it's very phallic and interesting to me but there's lots of like her attacking these dinosaurs and she has this like long luscious brunette hair and like nothing is ever tying it back <laughs> it's just like flowing around her and of course like you know long hair is like the height of like femininity or whatever um, and it's interesting because like in a lot of action movies like how Ripley is like no hair right yeah. or she does in the first one which one is it when she has her head shaved well the, yeah the third one but it's like her hair the got progressively one. shorter shorter yes yeah exactly uh which i think is really interesting and you see in like a lot of 
women in action films, which is makes sense because in order to like kick ass, you do kind of have to have <laughs> your hair pulled back. Yeah, yeah. But again, I just I don't know. Well, I think it culminated in the like Harley Quinn moment where like was it Mary Elizabeth Winstead's character where she like hands the hair tie and it was like that was such a cool moment because it just was like yeah okay if we have to be realistic then actually do something that's like legit real yes and that like badass women sometimes have long hair him <clears throat> um but yeah I mean this woman's in the most unrealistic uh, an, an outfit where your tits would be flying out all the time it's like a one <laughs> that's the next stage is like just really fabric. unsexy like tits yeah covered in blood and like honestly I mean, I'm sure there's movies like that probably right actually I really love Point Break because there is a scene where the you know with Keanu Reeves there's like a scene where the FBI is like busting into this like drug lord's house and all the there's like a woman taking a shower and there's like another woman sleeping in bed and they're naked and the police are coming in and they start like fighting people and like knifing them and they're naked and they're slippery but they're like these badass like biker chicks and it's oh, like cool. I've never seen that really in a movie before like women fighting naked and it's not sexy but yeah. it's like it's wild it's like very exciting to me <laughs> yeah well yeah and it's obviously it's interesting to like you know I'm just thinking about how we all watch movies in that way where it's like yeah when is this celebrated when is it not like I think about Eastern Promises mm-hmm. I think about Eastern Promises with Viggo Mortensen where he's like slippery and naked in the shower fighting and it's like yes. it's like this is a thing where like clearly there's a lot of people who do like that and it's like why don't we do that more yeah you know slippery naked like fighting like it's sexy but it's like oh that could hurt but uh, I don't know I want to keep you know yeah it's visceral yeah there's something yeah uh, and when I wanna, you're <laughs> I want to fight somebody with a knife naked you know I feel I want to feel alive <laughs> well yeah because you're like the most vulnerable the most exposed like it's very exciting I think <laughs> yeah there's something dangerous about it right and that's what I think is also fun about all of these scantily clad women fighting giant monsters is it's just like they couldn't be more vulnerable yet they're incredibly like you know armed with spears and knives and the (laughs) teeth of the predators they've already killed like it's awesome it's like a very fun duality what is your number three this is a fun choice because i did this for screen drafts but it's the super amaro brothers movie yes it's Samantha Mathis as Princess Daisy. And I think, so rewatching the movie, it is like very much, I mean, it's definitely more in the modern world, but there is just something like, I feel like it, because it's based off, you know, the Mario Brothers video game, which is this like, it's so vague, like the connection to it, but mm-hmm. it is like truly like a great dinosaur movie. Cause it's what if dinosaurs evolved in this other universe and then we had to fight them from people from our universe. Really fun. And so like, to me, like Daisy is Oh, hello. (laughs) (laughs) We have a prehistoric creature visiting us now. Prehistoric creature here. So, yes, Samantha Mathis in that movie, like, she is a very feminine woman, but she, like, and does that? I mean, clearly the the one of the most iconic damsels in distress, mm-hmm, uh, Princess Peach, definitely. And because it's the '90s, it's like we don't know what we're doing. So in a way, all that stuff kind of comes together. She's different in every scene, and so you'll get moments <laughs> of her where she's like this, you know, beautiful like princess has this like uh, you yeah. know just very gentle and but still has like kind of some nods. You know, she has this kind of bracelet that's you know it's not teeth, but then also like the almost like Fay Ray kind of with yes, the hair and the, the red lip. Really, um, yeah. I'm assuming looking. it's red. Lip but it was in black and white. Right, right. Um, and then, like, in other scenes, she's very just, like, Laura Croft, you know? Say, yes. like Like, pre-Laura Croft, like, but, I mean, you know, just, like, the very, like, thin tank top style, but, like, mm-hmm. she's got, like, accessories that make it look tougher, you know? Yeah, definitely. It's and, not delicate. And then, to me, it all culminates, like, in one of the best endings of, like, a movie where she, like, just comes in because she's actually been fighting the battle that they haven't been, and she's like oh, you're not going to believe what it like. It's like setting up the sequel and she's wearing like a, she's basically wearing 
a purple version of the Mario and Luigi jumpsuit. So, so it's cool. Like, and she's like having a good time. Like clearly like she's been through shit, but she's like, yeah, we're going to fucking like, this is, this is a video game. Like yeah. we're going to have a great, like to me, all that stuff was just like, I guess in what I like find sexy, it's like, yeah, we're going to be in the fucking mix, you know? Yes. Like, yeah. Definitely not sitting back. Yeah. So, but it's, but it was cool because you're seeing that journey for her of mm-hmm. like, she was helpless princess. Yeah. To... And, but it, but it's not like forsaking that stuff. Cause mm-hmm. it's like, it's just another version of like, it feels like she's a whole person. Yeah, definitely. Way, which is like, to me, cool. But like, oh my God, a, a, a person. No, um, <laughs> like that movie's just kind of like a sexy lizard mood. Like, it's just kind of like weird and goofy and like, but it's like oddly like also very like sexy. PG, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's wild. I probably haven't seen it since I was a kid. Now I'm very curious about like. It's, fu- it's really fun. I think, again, we're going through that phase of like things that we're reanalyzing and it's like everyone was like wait like of course this movie wasn't gonna be good because nobody nobody making the movie gave it a chance but right. in a weird way that vacuum allowed for something kind of cool and interesting to happen right oh awesome i gotta i gotta rewatch it i'm very curious now i don't even remember princess peach honestly yeah yeah well i mean it because she kind of her story is a little bit separate like you know again because she's being held captive by dennis hopper you know right yeah <laughs> you know? wasn't that dennis hopper's last film i don't know it, that that tracks for me very crazy that he was in that yeah as as bowser <laughs> yeah it's so funny <laughs> okay well i'm gonna do my number two as raquel welsh yeah of course i mean i had to She's she's the lamb before time in this regard where it's like the the genre is, you know, owes everything. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. And I, I did want to pull up the original too. So one main Raquel Welsh in one million years D- BC. You've all seen her. She's very classic. I mean, her image is used in other movies to just sort of like, and and I think this has been touched on a lot of my choices, there's sort of like the artfulness or the beauty or the allure, like there's sort of like this almost like arresting quality in somebody's beauty that makes you want to like fight the world, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so like her her image being used in Shawshank Redemption Mm -hmm. because of the poster and like, I mean, yeah, everyone's seen this poster. (laughs) I love that there's so much- her hair is so voluminous in such an insane way. Oh my gosh. And it's like her cave outfit fit is like it's not the bare mins it's yes. not the most but it's like it is it is what you think of when you think of cave babe like absolutely it is, it is, she set the standard you know she didn't come first and she didn't come last but she i think it's like you can you can see her in your sleep absolutely <laughs> absolutely she's the hottest and i wanted to to sort of do a special mention too of uh carol landis who was her character in the original one million uh bc oh, interesting. i don't think i've seen in 1940 and she is also just like such a babe and has like a still a pretty sexy little cave outfit for 1940. Um, yeah, that, that outfit ain't no slouch. It's um, it kind of gives me like a Tinkerbell vibes, but yes. like hot Tinkerbell vibes. Yes, it definitely has like a Peter Pan look to it. So that was the um, Raquel Welsh inspiration there 20 years before. What's um, what's what's the actor's name again? Carol Landis. Carol Landis. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's it's hard. It's funny because I feel like I've seen interviews with Raquel Welsh calling it her like the silly dinosaur movie and. It's it's iconic. And I will say, I think the 1 million BC 1940 was the very first like cave girl. Like I, th- I think Carol Landis was like the very first one. She set the template. Yeah. But yeah, it, you know, and again, I think like the zone that we're like loving existing in this where you're going back, you know, where we're like two things can be simultaneously true at once, which I love thinking mm-hmm. about all the time. Again, it's like we talk about you know, the damsel in distress or the helpless person, but it's like the cave girl fight in this movie is 
brutal. Yeah. And you watch it in HD and it's like it, they look like they're slugging it out. Yeah. Like it. It's very well choreographed. Yeah. It's so. <laughs> and so, yeah, I think it's that thing of like when we're talking about like how like enjoying things, you know, that sort of thing. It's like it's almost like sometimes you have to like look past what you think think you know about something and like mm-hmm. just actually sit and watch it again and you're just like whoa yeah i think one million bc is like a really enjoyable movie yeah like it, i like it a lot no it's definitely to me again a part of me finds a lot of because it's a lot of the same story usually yeah. it's all kind of king kong templates it definitely feels like it was harder for me to enjoy like even up until recently but it's like remembering what's important you know yeah. it's the dinosaurs it's the beautiful women that's all you have to care about that's the thing and the dinosaurs and the women are different in each one and And I think the artistry around the creatures is especially exciting because they had to do it a little differently to get people in the seats each time. So like, that's really what, I mean, that's the only focus of these films is like, what weird creature is there? What sexy babe do you have? Well, and so then, yeah, it's interesting too, to think about that where it's like, because originally, so the original choice before Raquel Welch was, look, you know what? It's it's 2021. We can do behind the scenes. I, I'm going to find this fact later or if somebody knows off the top of head. But I just to me, it's that another like when you think about Bond girls as a sort of like, you know, epitome of. Yeah, I mean, at the era, it was just like mm-hmm. the most beautiful, the most sexy, the most capable, like, you know, for, you know, as much as like complicated as all that is. It's like I love the idea that that Raquel Welch got the role from somebody who w- would go on to be a Bond girl. Yes. Yeah, like, to exactly. Me, it's like. To me, it's almost like very much in like they're like that genre, the James Bond genre also like has similar elements, like but different in a way of like Mm -hmm. the, the beautiful woman is like a big part of like why you like that genre that's so interesting um i was recently talking to my boyfriend isaac about how i've never really got i don't like james bond movies like i've watched a couple it doesn't do anything for me but you're so right and i think it really is just a specific mix of aesthetics that like appeals to people you know because i'm like i don't know i only want to see sexy women being chased by like ghosts or monsters yeah you're like i don't need to see them being chased by guys with guns yeah spying i'm just like no it's almost like i don't even see them as sexy because i'm just like i the situation isn't sexy to me or fun or interesting so i'm just like (laughs) yeah who cares (laughs) well yeah no but but it is funny because then that that is just kind of again more like reflection onto the self of like what i what you find because ultimately like and again what like why i want i wanted to check with you about this is because it is ultimately like what's like the that it's supposed to be fun yes and like just the our our overlapping aesthetics where it's like i don't think like a girl in like a one-piece zip up like motorcycle i'm like yeah that's fine i guess she looks hot but <laughs> i'm like whoa put her in a a, a cave girl outfit with a big tooth necklace then yeah. i'm in <laughs> yeah yeah um but you know yeah i want to know what your number one choice is girls my number one girl choice. So I decided this was hard for me. I could, I was going back and forth between putting Raquel Welsh at number one or, okay, I had to jump into the modern era because this is a movie I saw as a kid and thought she was super sexy. Denise Richards in Tammy and the T-Rex. Oh my gosh. This picture of Denise Richards in her um, red, like incredible sort of like prom dress Very and a black choker. Yes. Riding. The T-Rex, I think, is so hot and so cool. And I just, I thought Denise Richards was so gorgeous when I was a kid. I, like, saw every movie that she was in. Yeah, I think she's, like, 
the ultimate dinosaur babe, the babe for the modern age, even though this movie's now 30 years old. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's it's funny because I still have not seen the sort of like rated R cut of it or like the uncut version of it. Look, someone did a deviant art of like Ooh, a super yes. sexy one with like her tits bulging out. But see how they made the T-Rex even scarier looking with the sharper teeth and like blood and glowing eyes. Yeah. People, this is a thing. Scary monsters, sexy women. <laughs> well, so my question is, so have you seen the uh, like the unrated, like modern cut of it? Yes, that's the one that's like on the Arrow release, yes. right? And I feel like for me, like this is my era of like, you know, like that sec- kind of sexiness. So Yeah, but, definitely. But for you, I guess like, and maybe for listeners, like as far as like which version, like it almost seems like they're replacing the old version because I feel oh, like it's harder yeah. to yeah. So find. I saw the old version as a kid and then I've seen the new one more recently. Did it change your opinion of like the sexiness factor? I, it's definitely the radar version sexier. Yeah, I mean, I guess there's, <laughs> more, there's more like blood and guts and all that stuff. Yeah, 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 exactly. But I think they're both really fun. I think that Denise Richards is like an outrageous babe no matter what. She has like an insane face that was like made to be in movies like all of her features are so large she's a giant mouth she's giant eyes she's big round face like she's just like a very sexy woman so i think like no matter what version of it you're watching she looks amazing and if you're gonna ride like if you're gonna ride a dinosaur like a horse in like a long flowing dress with a choker and your hair flowing all around you i mean that's a fucking hot look yeah yeah i don't care what your movie is rated <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh i love that so much Like, again, I feel like it's like this update where it's like, oh, you wouldn't (laughs) say that that's a practical outfit to ride a dinosaur in. But it's mythic. Like, that's like a mythic image. Yes, it looks like it should be airbrushed on the side of a cool van. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's why, like, even even like, again, you know, it's that, you know, the phases of like uh, the layers that we Mm -hmm. talked about at the very beginning. It's like. I'm sorry, but like even the most intellectual stuff is horny and like yes. watching Westworld with Evan Rachel Wood riding a fucking horse. It's incredible. I agree. And I, I sent you a picture. Evan Rachel Wood actually dressed as a nice transition to my number one choice for Halloween dressed up as Dr. Ellie Sattler. I loved that picture. And I mean, it had to be for me because it's like she just embodies I mean Laura Dern just embodies everything mm-hmm. yeah not even everything about this just everything everything uh, the universe every single yeah. particle in the universe you know Jurassic Park I think a lot of people like to and, and for good I mean for good reason like Spielberg when making Jurassic you know it, when you talk about the like you know masculinization or like any of those kind of things it's like yeah but like Ellie Sattler's still feminine as fuck the whole movie mm-hmm. like although it's funny because when I was just like looking at pictures like there is parts of like where she She's just wearing the tank top where she's got this like very like cool masculine energy where I was like, whoa, yeah, I don't she's remember really, like, this. She's really kind of muscular and, like, and I was, like, ropey. I was like, the bi energy is like flowing from yes. those scenes, which oh, I just absolutely. never really thought about till more recently. Maybe she's, I mean, she's wearing purple as well. So right. Maybe. Wait, is she your number one? Yeah, she's my number one. Oh. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just, uh, yeah. How could it not be? Yeah. It, you know, and it's. And it, to me, it's just interesting because like even just thinking about her role in that movie where it's almost like, again, we talk about the homage to the pinup, you know, uh, on Nedry's computer. And, and, it, and in a way, I, I wonder if Spielberg, it's not that he was reluctant to because obviously, I mean, there's shots of Laura Dern's ass in this whole movie. Like, it's not yeah. like, it's not like he was like hiding from it, but it's interesting. It's not male gazy though. Yeah. And so that's the part of this that makes this movie. I think the more I think about it, like sexier she, in that way, she's like a full person. Yeah. 
Like you just wow, see these I pictures totally of her at the about end where scene. she's just like hair is flowing full cave. Like she's cave babe like in this. Yeah, exactly. Moments. Well, it's because it's like because it's like she's undone by the violence. Right. Like in in a world where you're a scientist like this is yes, cri- like Kristen so Stewart could play sexy. her now like yes this that does character, look like Kristen Stewart like you could totally have Kristen Stewart not play- wearing a bra either yeah like tits <laughs> out like look we can talk about uh, you know sexism and survival situations when we get back like you <laughs> well know. I just think it's interesting because it's like in the controlled world where your hair is in a ponytail and you and you it's have just like, like a full shot of her ass totally yeah I don't ever remember that so it, yeah to, to me it's this thing like in this case where when we talk yes. where when we talk about uh, like her in the like pink khaki like well that's like, like a controlled version before the violence starts yeah. right and yeah. like before chaos ensues and like the chaos of the dinosaurs oh, causes her to become like her hair is down and her clothes have fallen apart and she's like sweaty and panting and like she's fully like as primal as the dinosaurs Ooh. are you know and like that's fucking sexy so it's it's this thing of like you know when malcolm's you know and then you know um dinosaurs create man you know dinosaur or dinosaurs eat man and women inherit the earth and it's right. like you're literally actually watching that happen in the movie yeah exactly as like lord the lord dern becomes undone like ellie sattler because i always feel like for me like she is the only character in the movie living in the moment but i never thought about this until now the idea of like her actual like way that she carries herself through the movie is like embodied in that in that yeah. sense like she's almost like becoming a dinosaur yeah totally which is very different from her mom giving birth to dinosaurs and carnosaur right which <laughs> <laughs> is yeah. not sexy at all no I don't uh, like it no no um, <laughs> again when we like talk about like in the era where we grew up where it was like people rejecting femininity and all that stuff mm-hmm. it's like no but you can have both like, you can have both yeah. all I want is both yeah and so to me it's like that difference of like what you think about the movie and like your own thing you put on top it's like if you just watch the movie like she is sexy as fuck the entire time absolutely because she has this way of talking where she's like kind of smiling kind of being serious well like she's kind of a troll she's, like yeah she's like a troll she's very she's extremely witty like she's the total package i think yeah, we yeah. all want to be with ellie sadler <laughs> <laughs> do we all want to be with her or do you all want to be her you know yeah. <laughs> exactly you know. it's it's the duality <laughs> but but yeah i guess like like you said that's all we want we just want to like we want to like be a person but also like have sexy thoughts or whatever yeah exactly well and it's the (laughs) fact that it's all part of you that like you're not suddenly a monster because you're like boobs are hot yeah yeah. that's just kind of how it is isn't that funny how it's like this like sort of victorian notion is like really like actively shaped the way we think about everything yeah yeah definitely and it's and it's difficult because so much of abuse towards women stems from you know treating women like objects and not seeing them as full people and so of course like critical discourse around the way that women are objectified on film and how that like creates a culture of objectification like that's all very valid of course yeah Definitely. And like the women in a lot of these films that I mentioned are definitely like kind of sex objects. They're not fully dimensional. They're not Ellie Sattler's. But like, I mean, if you're, you know, into like kink at all, there's like there's a point where you're like, I don't want to be a full person. I want to be an object. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Where you're like, okay, there's a lot of pressure in the world um, to be a full person. And it's fun to just shut off your brain and like have sex. (laughs) Yeah. And so I think that there's like an element where like you don't have to politicize 
everything that you watch that you can be like, oh, at the time, yeah, these women were sex objects, but also they are sexy and that's also okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think that's, and again, I'm I'm really so thankful we got to catch up, like literally got to catch up through this conversation as well as just have this, I mean, we would be having this conversation anyway. That's Uh, true. We have a lot of- Technically been having this conversation off mic before this. (laughs) Yeah, it shapes the whole reason why we're doing (laughs) it. But no, but I'm just thankful for it because it, again, it's this thing of like, I love like case specific examples. So it's like, Mm -hmm. in a way, getting to talk about this stuff through dinosaur movies has like been very, to me, it's like, it makes it feel less overwhelming to deal with all these things. And I'm like, cool, I can kind of deal with it because the nature of how it's been used throughout this genre, mm-hmm. I think has in a way some maybe in maybe other genres also like maybe James Bond, like you could hear two people talking about James Bond in the same way. Yeah, um, definitely. And it has allowed me to parse it out a little bit more. And it's like, but yeah. And it's like, oh, cool. I also get to appreciate well, all these sexy ladies. Exactly. And I think it's like, let's remember that like films aren't real, Yeah, <laughs> you know, and it's like if you care about women being objectified, like let's work on that in our real lives. Let's yeah, talk yeah. to the real people that, you know, <laughs> and um, we're at a point now where I think representation has been like very saturated and there's so many people who still need to be represented on film and like we need to see representation of like people of color and trans people and fluid sexualities and people like, from other countries you know, guys, gals, and non-binary pals or anything in between. Like, I want to, you know, I want to make a list where, you know. Yes, where we get to see more people being, I mean, everybody that I picked is like, not because of this, but just because of like the way that a lot of films were in the 70s. Like, they're all cis white women. And it's not because that's like my taste. (laughs) Um, That's what's available. So I want to see different, like different presentations of gender and sexuality. Uh, And I want to like fight for that representation in film. But I also do want to, this is a separate thought, not a but against that, but just to say that like the, we don't need every woman on film to be representative of like the kind of women that we want to be like. Well, yeah. Like you said, film isn't real. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, I think I want feminists and, you know, people who are concerned about this kind of thing to sort of cut themselves a break and like, it's okay to just be turned on. It's okay for things to just be sexy. Like art isn't moral, you know, like I don't think it's like smart to uh, try to make everything into a morality play. Art just is and it's complicated and sometimes it's bad, but it's not it can't be wrong. Yeah, yeah. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. And like your sexuality isn't wrong and your desires aren't wrong, you know, as long as it's not actively um, hurting uh, yeah, yeah. children yeah, yeah. <laughs> and animals. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. But like, again, yeah, for me, I just was like, I feel like this. Was, yeah, it was it was I just am like excited to talk about this more. Like, me too. Uh, like yeah. I, I mean, I think this could be a, its own <laughs> series. We're going to just. Yeah, yeah we're exactly. Gonna... The uh, after dark. Yeah, yeah. Jurassic, <laughs> right. After dark. Yeah, yes. I love that so much. <laughs> Obviously, there's like himbo nation. We got like there's some and especially yes. now and i think even just as bi culture is becoming more prominent i definitely feel like there's more men also saying other attractive men but not in a way that's like uncomfortable you know yeah. it's just more like that like tom middleson is hot like end of story like yeah there's you know, no like, that's what i want yes more recognition from from men is just to be like yes men are also hot like yeah, i just yeah. need men to acknowledge that other men are hot it doesn't yeah, yeah. have to be a whole thing yeah it doesn't need to yeah there doesn't need to be the no homo like clause at the end like who ugh. It's anyway. just like, yeah, who I'm sorry, but beautiful people are beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just feel like it's really and the world's obvious. a better place when you acknowledge that. No, exactly. Um, let, let beautiful people thrive. Well, and on that note, I want to say mine because there's not a lot to it, but it's but I think it's interesting. It's just it's Brendan Fraser from Journey to the Center of the Earth. 
Oh, Stephen, I love that choice. Oh, Brendan Fraser is so sexy. Yeah, we can. We're yeah. We'll we'll you know that that's a whole Brendan thing. Brendan Fraser is a whole episode of us honoring Brendan Fraser, our Lord and Savior. <laughs> Sweet boy, he's coming back. Yeah, I'm so but, happy. And, and uh, yeah, I wanted to just bring it up and throw it as this little like addendum because. Uh, Brenda showed me Journey to the Center of the Earth, and it, it's like an interesting movie. I mean, you know, it's like a take on the classic Jules Verne tale. Again, like, you know, going to the center of the earth, all that, all the yeah. great stuff that we love about this genre. But like, I love like, cause I think now we're into like the like hot dad energy and like sure. kind of your David Harbors and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like. I feel like the world wasn't ready for Journey to the Center of the Earth because Brendan Fraser has almost kind of like, he's not quite sad dad and he's not quite weird uncle. He's kind of existing in this space where he's kind yeah. of just desperate to like... He's not classically handsome. He's got kind of an odd face. Yeah. And in this movie, I feel like he's he's still amazing looking in it, but he's just, he's got kind of a vibe that almost is like, it's not quite like the prepackaged, like handsome, like dad bod energy that we like kind of now have. Yeah, I feel yeah. Like this was kind of in a space in between those That's two so things. So interesting. Brendan Fraser is such a good pick too, because it's like, I mean, the mummy, which doesn't have dinosaurs, but like, it's, you know, ancient. Oh, the moment I was like, Oh my God, there is dinosaurs in Journey to the Center of the Earth. Like, yeah, yeah. I feel like a light You're bulb. Like, Wait, like, does it not have dinosaurs? Well, no, because I just was like trying to think of a choice for this. Cause like, you know, I mean, Jeff Goldblum, like he's, he doesn't embody the genre. Like he's outside of the genre. I, I did pick Jeff Goldblum as my himbo. Oh, really? Okay. Even though he's not a himbo, but like I think that Jeff Goldblum is so sexy and I think he's so hot in Jurassic Park. He is. And when I was looking at all the other, I know he's not like a classic beefcake or anything, but like I just, I mean, you know what it is? I'm just not ready for that jelly. It's a, it's a lot. That's fair. That's fair. It's, it's the intellectualism. I'm really turned on by like, intellectual nerds and like men who have a way with words i just think i mean your brain is your biggest sex organ well um, i mean it's just i mean truly <laughs> i mean i got to meet the man and uh, like you just you kind of melt when you're around him and it's like he's it's, just a charmer yeah it's i think for me as far as like making this list obviously things that are important for me are like uh, it's almost like there's like a safety a little bit, you know. Yeah, I don't think that I Jeff could Goldblum lose could in protect that. me. No, <laughs> I lose myself, you know. But I've just, I know, I don't like muscles. I like my men to look like women. Like I'm very, I want everyone around me to be feminized. Like I just like don't like muscular beefcakey men. Well, and it's to your point, truly the most like fairy. Um, what's the word when they're lying? Like. No. As I fall off your couch, uh, Ooh, Steven falling off my couch in such a sexy way. I know, but it's like, but but it's funny in that way of like Spielberg, like not being ashamed of the dinosaur roots and the genre and the sexploitation mm -hmm. and all stuff. Like you literally have Jeff Goldblum like laying with his shirt open, exactly sexy, greased up, like delicious, like absolutely. And like even Sam Neill in that movie is like hot and smart. Like none of the men are. It's like the men are intellectual and the women are intellectual, and no one's traditionally hot, but like everyone's hot because they're smart and they're yeah. strong. Like it's <laughs> it's a very sexy movie if you don't talk as much about it being more of a kid. Movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, look, we'll just honestly, I think maybe putting on some like acid jazz albums like over yes. it instead of John Williams' score kind yeah. of takes out the heart. Yes. It kind of brings out the weirdness I and agree. kind of like the weird like swinger uncle, like swinger aunt energy of like the movie, you know? <laughs> swinger aunt energy. <laughs> oh my God. Wait, Stephen, how do you feel about like uh, coming out to all of your listeners as like 
that Jurassic Park is makes you horny. Like the whole the whole reason behind this is actually that it's a sexy movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I think it's for me. I I just prefer to talk about it as if it's always been that way. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then people like it's almost like one of those movies where like the twist, and then you go back and you're like, oh, it's been this way the whole time. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is the big reveal. Yeah, yeah. And this is when it turns into an X-rated podcast. <laughs> I'm so happy that I got to help transition it into what's about to be the dirtiest podcast um, out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like truly... I mean, we didn't even talk about sexy dinosaurs. That's a whole other thing. That's a, oh my God. That, or dinosaur porn, which I had to decide to not <laughs> get into at all, even though I had um, honorable mention of Dinosaur Valley Girls. Well, yeah. Uh, pulled up, but I was like, we can't even begin to do this. Well, I will, I will, this will be the little tag here that we end because Don F. Glutt, who directed and wrote this movie, yeah, wrote my dinosaur encyclopedia I had as a kid growing up. Yes. And and I think we've talked about this, Crazy. but but for the listeners, the the moment where and I'm actually working on a project larger related to this. Ooh. But when I cuz I was like, "Oh, this was my childhood dinosaur encyclopedia. I have it." And then I was like looking him up online and Don F. Glutt has a whole perf page devoted to women in cave outfits and with fossils mm. and it was just like Oh, like this is this goes all the way back. And so I, if you're obsessed with dinosaurs, are you like definitely also a perv? Maybe. Are we creating this connection? I think now? that's I think maybe maybe most I don't know. I don't want to speak for the entire listeners. Audience. Call and write in and let us know. Are you horny for dinosaurs? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. And then like the um, the like soft jazz music of those late night telemarketing things on <laughs> just starts playing. Yes. Lise, this has been, I mean, this is the sexiest Halloween episode we've done for sure. Absolutely. Right after I said I'm against sexy Halloween, this is the only (laughs) type of sexy Halloween that I'm into. When we talk about dinosaurs. Talking about it. I don't want to dress up in a sexy outfit for Halloween. I want to be scary. Have you ever been a dinosaur for Halloween? I did as a kid. Okay. Um, was decidedly unsexy because it was like this. <laughs> you were a child. Well, because of that, and also because like the Halloween costume itself was just pre Funko, like where it was like a raptor, but the face was smashed because it has to you know be on a kid's face. Right, right. Oh, so it was so very uh, not sexy at all. Um, I guess you could do like like a bikini, like a like a like a snakeskin bikini, and then like a dinosaur mask. This is I just I don't even know where this is from, but it's a woman. Horrific. It's a woman who has like a full raptor like to scale like head, but then this person is also has like a blonde wig on and it has like a sexy gold skirt and is like doing a bathroom selfie. I I feel so changed by that picture. Oh my god, my brain I have is more, being I'll erased. Send more to you. Um, <laughs> and honestly, one of the sexiest pictures of because. I feel like, you know, again, the sort of modern blockbuster is a little bit sanitized in terms of that sexuality. But there's Definitely. this behind the scenes photo of Bryce Dallas Howard where she, for what, for like for a couple of shots, dressed up as the rap, like wore the green screen stuff for the Raptors. And it's honestly the most beautiful image of <gasps> Bryce Dallas Howard. I've, I've, oh, my God. I love that. She's like wearing this like um, like Raptor maquette, like strapped to her head. She's just wearing her tank top. And it's like she's just grungy and dirty because she's just been playing a Raptor for a couple of scenes. That's like, so fun. Like I really doing love the Andy that. Circus thing. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. And there's like, I, 
it almost makes you want to see a movie about the making of Jurassic World where but it's like something happens and then it's like the real dinosaurs are real but like I don't know something Ooh, great. I love that oh, get that fan fiction notebook going again oh, yeah. Steven I'm right, yeah I know I gotta start I gotta do the after dark fan fiction <laughs> yes oh my gosh well thank you so much for having me on here for giving me the space to be horny on your podcast um, it's always Halloween is a family friendly podcast <laughs> so um, not because it's for you know children or anything but because there's a lot of history it's like a year round history and community community podcast so people of all ages like call in and write in and interact with it so but horniness is a really big part of my life <laughs> um so i have to i don't tamp it down i just like we just don't talk about sex stuff on that podcast and now it's like the biggest thing in my life and i'm like oh no <laughs> that's why you start the it's always halloween after dark edition yes yes well i i Patreon am exclusive you know mm-hmm, i am working on some monster erotica and i might start a patreon for that specifically so if if you and I'm thinking about recording, um, like myself reading the stories oh, yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. So, look, Miss Frizzle had to get you know, yeah, she definitely like went to swinger things on the weekends. You know, she's in that a outfit, life. absolutely. Yeah. She had a full life, <laughs> she had a full life. Um, they're not <laughs> magic school bus stories, but if you like old, like horror pulp, um, you know, drawings of women being chased by ghouls, it's a lot of writing based on that. So might might release that to the world soon oh awesome sweet <laughs> well i mean go off and be horny be Thank safe you. and be horny and have a happy halloween i, I could have said it better myself <laughs> <laughs> happy halloween yeah. happy horny ween <laughs> yeah. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.